0: Grace and peace, and welcome to another episode of Your Week with St. Luke's, our weekly podcast that sets us up to start our week of rhythm of learn, live, love, and lead. In our podcasts, we want to do some learning, some scriptural study. Uh, that then will lead to how we apply these scriptures to our lives, how we live our lives and lead our lives, which then draws us back to worship on Sunday morning as we together love each other, our neighbor, our enemies, and most of all, in worship, we seek to love God. So this is the the third week in our series, 23 and Me, and this is where we actually transition to 23 and We. In the first week, we remembered the baptism of Jesus. And in doing so, we remembered our baptism, claiming who we are and allowing our baptismal waters to stir some, some holy discontent. Then last week, Pastor Jeremy lectured on Psalm 40, where we asked about that holy discontent. And we asked, what song, what new song will we sing in this new season? And, and so with these two pieces, uh, who we are and our holy discontent, how the, the Holy Spirit is calling us to, to be about the kingdom work, how we are called to be about this holy discontent that's, that's stirring in us as individuals, we then transition to 23 and we. The, the subtitle to that is, we, we were made for this, right? We together. And so this week, we're thinking about what draws us here together to be a St. Luker, to be a part of this particular community of faith. And in doing so, we will look at Matthew's call text, where we see four individuals who are, are drawn to Jesus, drawn together to be a part of this discipleship, drawn together to, to witness the grace and love of Jesus for their, their own eyes and then become the body of Christ. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles, however you do that, whether it's a book with paper or an app on your tablet or phone. Uh, to our, our primary text for this week, which is Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. Now, I will be reading from the CEB translation, Matthew 4, verse 18 through 21. As Jesus walked alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, throwing fish nets into the sea because they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Verse 20 says, Right away they left their nets and followed him. Continuing on, he saw another set of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, repairing their nets. Jesus called them, And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. While the pericope that we're working with here is is small, it's just five verses, it's often helpful to look at what's around the text, what comes before it and what follows it. And so briefly, Matthew chapter 3 ends with Jesus' baptism. We celebrated that two weeks ago. And Matthew chapter 4 begins with Jesus' temptation. In verses 1 through 11. And then in verse 12, John the Baptist has been arrested. And so Jesus goes to Galilee. He leaves Nazareth and settles in Capernaum. Another note as we look at what's around our text today is to highlight what's directly before our text, this pericope of ours. Verse 17 in particular. It says, From that time Jesus began to announce change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. And it's from that that our text then begins. Well, what's on the other side of our text? Directly following it, Jesus, we're told, is very, very popular. Matthew tells us that he's preaching to large crowds, and then chapter 4 ends. And then in chapter 5, Jesus begins his paramount sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount. So we have Jesus being baptized, uh, tempted, and then beginning to proclaim his ministry before this, this call text. And then directly after this call text, he steps into what proclaiming the kingdom of heaven really looks like in the Sermon on the Mount. And so our text, that, that that is situated right in between those two pieces, this this text has Jesus calling two sets of disciples into discipleship. Now, if you were with us at all in 2022, where we were doing nothing but Jesus, we did all of the Gospels, uh, we started with Mark one chapter at a time until uh, Easter, uh, and then we did large portions of Matthew, and then in the summer we did John, uh, and then in the fall we did Luke. You'll know that that if you've been following along in those podcasts, you'll know that it's important to do a little bit of compare and contrast with with any gospel text, uh, comparing it up against the other gospels, not only the synoptics, but oftentimes the fourth gospel, John. We do that to see what things they have in common and to to see what differences they have, what might be unique to our text. And this helps us have a deeper and, and better understanding for what the, the evangelist, that's the, the author, is seeking to do in telling us this particular thing. So, for the most part, our text here, Matthew, follows Mark fairly closely. Both have Jesus walking along the Sea of Galilee. Uh, both have these, these two sets of fishermen with two types of fishing, the first with nets from the shore, and the, the second, they, they have a boat. That's a little different, right? Maybe a little bougie. And then Luke's telling is quite different. Uh, uh, the, the setting, the circumstance are, are very, very different. In Luke, Jesus has been forced into a boat where he then will teach. It happens to be Simon Peter's boat. Simon Peter, who in Luke had been texting all night to no avail, uh, had been (laughs) fishing all night, not texting, fishing all night to no avail. Jesus tells him to put his nets into deep water. Simon, exhausted from a night of, of, of fishing that, produce no fish, reluctantly does, knowing that it will yield nothing. Yet to his dismay, they pulled in enough fish to fill two boats. Then Simon Peter and Zebedee's sons James and John are invited by Jesus to catch people. In Luke, Matthew is also, uh, excuse me, Andrew is also not mentioned. We notice that Matthew, our, our text here carefully chooses his words, so to emphasize Jesus as this regal authority. Luke places this moment in an event, in a a different time in the storyline, where these would-be disciples are overwhelmed by this miracle that Jesus does and are therefore moved to leave everything and follow this rabbi. But Matthew doesn't have this miracle. It's a totally different setting. Douglas Hare notices that Matthew's story in, in our text today, with only a few minor changes from Mark, presents a stark contrast to Luke and John's telling. No attempt whatsoever is made to prepare us, the readers, for the event. We are not informed that these four fishermen were among those who heard Jesus proclaim the evidence of the kingdom in verse 17. There's no summary statement concerning Jesus' miracles. Just this moment, Jesus with two fishermen and Jesus with two fishermen. Jesus, Matthew's, call story is reduced to its barest essentials. Jesus summons with irresistible authority and people respond with this radical obedience. Jesus, in Jesus' most purest sense, draws people to him, to his grace, to his love, to his loving kindness And Matthew doesn't need all the other things around it. He doesn't need the bells and whistles. doesn't need the miracles. Just the presence of grace and love, the presence of God the Eternal in front of them, and the invitation to follow. I know in, in many of our lives, how Jesus has been presented to us has been a lot of different things. And maybe some of us need to hear, Jesus at the the barest essentials. God incarnate, expressing grace and mercy and love, forgiveness, salvation, seeking to embrace. No other bells and whistles, no other miraculous signs. Purest of love presented to us. Because we have these individuals in our text set in pairs, Simon, who is called Peter and Andrew, who are fishing from the shoreline, and James is brother John, sons of Zebedee, who are mending fishing nets on their fishing boats. You know, in the ancient world, people who fished were peasants. They were far from the highest rung of society. And if these four men have... Been picked by Jesus to be disciples. What does that say to the rest of us who don't find ourselves necessarily in some high class and high intellect? Yet God, love incarnate in Jesus Christ comes to invite us, even if we are the furthest from the highest rung of society. They also weren't picked as young men. They've already moved on with a profession where young men were hoping that they might be picked as bright intellectual people to to follow a rabbi, which would be a much higher rank in society. Now, this simple five-verse text of these four men called by Jesus is also for us to hear. No matter who we are, no matter where we come from, that God's call in Christ Jesus uh, to follow is, is for us as well. And see, we find out uh, as the centuries go by in the early church, the decades, the decades go by in the early church, fishermen have an important role in early church. Some historians and biblical scholars wonder if this story could have been framed as an explanation for their selection as, as leaders. Why would fishermen be leaders in the earliest church? Well. There's something else going on here. These four men and and their call story is is quite different. It's different and it speaks uniquely to each and every one of us. It's also different, especially from Paul's call story. His call stories, uh, of which there are are three in Acts, are designed to present Paul, to lift him up as this great example, as the, the apostle to the Gentiles, setting him up for all of his teaching and all that he does. This call text in Matthew 4, these f- four men that does none of those things that Paul's does, these four then seem to represent all future believers who Jesus irresistibly calls to follow him. It's all of us as well. Dr. Hare notes that it it may not be necessary for all to leave professions and possessions behind, but all must leave their world behind and enter a new world, the kingdom which Jesus has invited us all to. I wonder what world you need to leave behind. What world I need to leave behind. I wonder what world Jesus is calling you out of. Or maybe what world Jesus is calling you into. This kingdom of heaven that Jesus is ushering in. We need to think about and ponder those things, especially here at St. Luke's as we are discerning a new vision that God has for us. What world is Jesus calling you out of? What what world is Jesus calling you into? Something else that is uh, of note for us uh, in this invitational relationship that, that, that is drawing these 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 four fishermen who really are, literally, for all of us to relate to the relationship between a rabbi and a a would-be disciple. It was customary for rabbinic students to seek a master and then choose to learn from him. To a certain degree, uh, that is very much our reality, right? I have decided to follow Jesus, we sing. We choose to follow Jesus. We choose Jesus as our master, our rabbi, our Lord. And yet at a deeper level, I think we can see and, and even confess, if only in retrospect, right? Looking back, that the opposite is a deeper truth at the core of our being. In all of our searching, we were the ones that were being sought. The one we have chosen is the one who first chose us. God in Christ Jesus is the primary actor in this salvific trauma. Jesus saves, redeems, reconciles, and accepts us. It is for us to respond to, to, to accept that acceptance. If you hear nothing else now uh, in this time together, know that you are sought after and beloved by God in Christ Jesus now in our text in Jesus's call to these disciples he says follow and I will make you fishers of men And this metaphor might seem somewhat negative to to modern hearers with images of of a bait and switch uh, with ideas of, of a lot of judgment or even violence However, here and and in its time of writing, this is not the case. Yet for far too long, manipulation has been the primary mode of evangelism. One theologian notes that people cannot be coerced into the kingdom. They need to be loved. And that is it. It's our task to share a faith that is exciting enough to be contagious to draw others to the grace and love of Jesus Christ, not out of shame, not out of condemnation, but just out of the power of the presence of Jesus in our lives. If if we were to love others the way Jesus loves us, if we were to respond to others the way Jesus responds to us, if we were to, to forgive, as Jesus tells us in praying, as Jesus forgives us, He'd be drawing others to be an active part of the kingdom work that God has invited us all into. It's a powerful text for all of us to consider this week in our life together groups. I want to invite you to join us on Wednesday nights uh, at six thirty. Uh, we'll have adult uh, class uh, led by us pastors as we consider all of these things. As we consider specifically Matthew four, and this call of Jesus to these disciples who who are an example of all of us in the midst of our daily lives, drawn to the presence and power of love incarnate, God incarnate, and Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. I pray you have a blessed week, and we look forward to seeing you Sunday for worship.